0: I wonder how many here this morning might have ever been to Niagara Falls. My guess is that some of you have. If you've not, that's a trip you ought to try to make sometime. Quite an impressive sight, Niagara Falls. Uh, it's one of those natural wonders that pictures actually cannot do justice to. Uh, it's so big, it's so massive, it's so powerful that any picture you've seen of it really doesn't convey the scope of it. You need to go see that if you ever get a chance. You know, of course, that several people through the years have attempted to go over the falls in barrels, and a few, a small percentage of those who've made that effort have actually survived to tell the story, but most have perished because that is such an awesome waterfall. A while back, I read a news story about two women who were boating in the river up above Niagara Falls, uh, and they let their boat drift into the swift water that was heading for the waterfall. Now, they weren't intending to go over, but they let their boat drift into the danger zone. Luckily, they were rescued before they actually perished. But can you imagine what a frightening thing that would be, to be drifting toward that mighty Niagara Falls in a boat with the idea that this thing goes over, we're done for. Uh, Again, Uh, The story, as it was told, was that they were spared, they were saved, but what a dangerous thing. Think about that situation. Uh, Out for a pleasant boat ride, unaware of the danger, suddenly it's too late. Uh, Suddenly you have lost your life because you drifted into that danger zone. That's a terrifying thought. We want you to take that picture uh, and try to visualize that, but we want to make application of it to a spiritual situation. A lot of people in the world today are drifting sort of unawares toward eternal destruction because they're not prepared to meet God. They've totally ignored God in their lives and they're not making any of the necessary changes that would prepare them for an eternity in heaven. And how swiftly uh, they're heading for destruction. But, of course, we're not among that number, right? Those of us who are Christians, we're not one of them. We're here, for instance. Here we are on Sunday morning, and we have assembled together to worship God. And, and so we're not like those people who are out there sort of drifting toward judgment, unaware of the danger that's ahead of them. We know, don't we? And, and we've made some decisions in our lives to try and get us ready uh for judgment. But I want to tell you... uh it is still possible for us to drift, uh, to drift into spiritual danger. And we want to talk about that this morning. We want to talk about the potential that even those of us who are Christians, although we're aware of uh, important spiritual truths, we could let those things slip and we could drift away from where we need to be spiritually. We want to talk about drifting this morning in our lesson. I hope we can say some things that will encourage us all to be more and more the kind of people God wants us to be. But before we go further into that, we stop here for just a minute to thank you for being present on this Lord's Day. We're so glad that we have the opportunity to be together, uh, to worship God, to glorify Him. We pray that He will be pleased with all that we do. We think that we can accomplish that by worshiping Him, and serving Him as He has prescribed in the pages of the New Testament. And we're trying hard to do that here at College View. If you're visiting with us and have any questions about why we're doing what we do and, and how we do it. Please ask those questions and we'll try to give you a Bible answer for any question that you have. That's our, that's our goal, at least. Of course, the other part of our uh, interest today is coming together to encourage one another. And we certainly hope that that will be accomplished. But thank you all for being here. Uh, thank you for especially our visitors who are with us on this Lord's Day. Uh, we're glad to see you. Please come back whenever you can. As a text for our study this morning... We want to use part of that passage that was read by Roger earlier in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. The King James says, We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The New American Standard Version actually uses the word drifting. We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. So we got to pay attention. Uh, notice, the book of Hebrews was written to people who were already Christians. This wasn't written to people of the world who had never obeyed the gospel, who had never named the name of Christ, who hadn't professed their allegiance to the Lord. The book of Hebrews was written to Christians. And as we've studied that book before, we understand that these were Christians who were maybe being tempted to give up and quit. And so the Hebrew writer says, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest, that any, lest we drift away from it. And we really want to draw our attention to the idea of drifting this morning. Are you drifting? That's the question that we want to ask. Now, in regards to drifting, and again, you can see the picture of a boat, right? You see that boat just drifting away, maybe getting close to some danger point. In regards to drifting, there's some simple observations that we can make, physical observations of drifting that have a spiritual parallel. For instance, we know that when, a, when a, a boat drifts down the river, drifting requires no effort. Right? You, don't, you don't have to work to drift. In fact, drifting happens when you stop working. Uh, picture a rowboat like we have uh, there on the, in, on the screen. If you, if you are using the oars, you can go upstream, right? But you got to work. you got to put forth effort to make progress. But if you want to go downstream, if you want to drift away, you don't have to do anything. Just stop working. So drifting requires no effort. Typically, you don't notice that you're drifting until you have gone sometimes a great distance away from where you want to happen. Drifting usually happens when you're not paying attention. Uh, Unfortunately, we have through the years known of Christians who have slowly drifted away. Uh, they didn't, it, it didn't happen all at once, just rather kind of gradually things happened in their lives that made them further and further away from the Lord. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we have known of instances where people began to allow things to, in their lives that a few years earlier they would have never even contemplated doing. You know, maybe now they're engaged in activities that ten years ago they would have been very upset about. But over a gradual process, they have drifted away from the Lord. That's what we're saying here. Sometimes you don't even notice that it's happening until you've gotten a long way away. Of course, you never drift upstream. If you're in a boat, you don't drift upstream. You drift downstream. You don't make progress. You go, you, you go the opposite way. Isn't that so? Uh, in regards to Christians... We said, drifting takes no effort. So when we quit working, we start drifting. We're not going to get stronger. We're going to get weaker, right? We're not going to be better. We're going to be worse. That's what happens. We know as Christians that we are, are commanded to grow. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be growing. But if you're drifting, you're not growing. If you're drifting, you're not progressing. You're going away from where you need to be typically when you're drifting, the the speed downstream increases. Remember that story I was telling you earlier about the two women who were drifting toward Niagara Falls in the boat? As you get closer and closer to destruction, your speed increases. And again, unfortunately, spiritually, that's what usually happens. Uh, so I allow myself to begin to move away from where I need to be spiritually. Just a little bit, you know, just a tiny. And not a lot. And, and I do, I'm not doing this rapidly. But just a little bit, I move away from where I need to be. Then it's easier to move a little further. And a little further. And the speed picks up with which I keep moving away from where God wants me to be. Just like a boat increases speed as it drifts downstream, we pick up speed as we drift away from being what God wants us to be. When we drift, we endanger others. You know, uh, in the shipping lanes out on the ocean, one of the things that uh, sailors greatly fear is a derelict ship, uh, one that has gone uh, it, drifting, maybe lost power, maybe has been abandoned, but it's still out there just drifting around. The reason why sailors uh, dread a derelict that's adrift is because they know that that can do great damage to them. And they've got to be on the lookout for that because a drifting vessel can cause harm to others. Again, I, th- I hope that you agree with me. These spiritual parallels are just very easy and obvious to make, right? If I'm adrift as a Christian, not only do I have, I, I, I am hurting myself, but it's not only that, I have the potential to harm others and to hurt the faith of others as well and and i need to take that in consideration right uh, our drifting can endanger others and then of course uh, the conclusion of the matter is we know that a drift leads to eventual ruin it ends in shipwreck all right now we've tried to paint a picture here that i hope is not very difficult to grasp mentally right you can see that you can you can envision that with a, with a physical boat And just as you can vision those things with a physical boat, the same things are true spiritually. All right, so now let's talk about this. Obviously, drifting is a bad thing. And it leads to all kinds of problems and eventual complete destruction and ruin. How could I tell? Again, we're addressing our lesson this morning to those of us who are already Christians. We're not talking to people of the world who are not paying attention at all. We know. We know the truths of God's Word. And we've made a commitment in our lives to live for the Lord, but this danger of drifting is real. The Hebrew writer wrote those words that we started out with. He wrote those words to Christians. And so what might be some of the indicators that I'm on that destructive course, drifting away? What would be some of the warning signs? And as we mentioned these warning signs, of course, what we want to do, all of us to do, is to think, does that apply to me? Is is that warning sign evident in my life? The first warning sign I'd like to suggest is less desire to study and to learn the Word of God. Uh, All of us agree that the Bible is a book unique among all books that has ever been written in the world. It, It is a book that contains information that can't be found any place else in the world. The Bible tells us about God. It tells us the mind of God. It tells us what God wants us to do, which is a blessing to know that here's this almighty, powerful creator of the universe, but he's revealed himself to us and he's told us what he wants, which is a great thing. It tells us how to be saved from sin. It tells us how to avoid the dreadful consequences uh, of hell. And it tells us how we not only can be rewarded eternally, but it tells us how we can live the happiest and most useful life here and now. I should want to study it. All, when you consider all the things that are true about the Word of God, then it should be a kind of thing that really is of great interest to me, and I want to study it, and I want to know what's there. But if I find out that I have less interest in studying the Word, uh, I, I'm, I'm just not participating in a study of the Word like I should, and that would be an indication I'm drifting away from where I ought to be. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 12, we mentioned this in our Bible class here in the auditorium this morning. In Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 12, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so, uh, if if I don't have that ambition to learn, to know more of the Word, even to become capable to teach others the things that are in the Word of God, if I have less desire for those things, it is probably a, a warning sign that I'm adrift spiritually. I would suggest that an obvious thing that would indicate drifting, is if you have less desire to attend the services and to worship God in conjunction with others on times like this, on the Lord's Day. Uh, If I really don't want to do that, then there's something bad wrong, and I ought to admit it to myself. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And that ought to be the emotion that all of us have on occasions like this. And you might even ask yourself how you felt this morning when it came time to get up, get ready, come to worship services. Was it something you were glad to do? Did you look forward to it? Or did you see it as some sort of dreaded obligation? How did you feel about it? And you, may, you may as well be honest you, with yourself. Uh, there's no use being in self-denial about something like that. Were you glad for a chance to come together? To attend the services today, to worship God, uh, some people just dread it. And, and they are the people who have a problem being consistent in their attendance. You know, oh yeah, they drag themselves out from time to time, but with the very slightest reason to do otherwise, they stay out. Now, which is descriptive of you? How do you feel about worship? Are you glad when it's a time to come together? Or do you just have to drag yourself out? If you have less desire to attend the services and worship God, then it's a really good sign, I think, that you're drifting. You're not where you need to be. You need to start paddling and get back upstream because you're drifting away here. You're not where you need to be. Another sign would be less interest in sharing the gospel with other people. You know, this is our mandate, right? We're supposed to be proclaiming the gospel to the lost world around us, the the famous great commission of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 comes down to us today. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the, them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That great commission is an assignment for us too. And we ought to want to do that. You know, one of the things that ought to make us want to do that is not because necessarily we've been commanded to, although we have. We just read it, right? Jesus commanded us to take the gospel to the lost. But we ought to want to do that when we think about what it's done for us. There's an interesting story in the book of Luke. We just read this in our daily Bible readings this week. In Luke chapter 8, you may remember when Jesus uh, cast a legion of demons out of a man and they went into the swine and the swine ran down the hill and drowned in the lake. Uh, this fella who was possessed of the demons, well, he was in bad, bad shape. Uh, you know, it said he, he lived among the tombs. Uh, uh, he wore no clothes. They, they tried to bind him with chains and he'd break the chains. This guy was in bad shape and possessed of these demons and Jesus cast them out. And in Luke chapter 8, uh, it says, verse 38, Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way, and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Here's a guy who tremendous Jesus had blessed him tremendously, right? And he wanted to travel with Jesus. He wanted to go with him. Jesus said, No, just just go back to your own house. And show how great things God hath done to thee. Now, you think about that. Shouldn't we be in that same category? God, through Christ, has blessed us tremendously. Uh, tremendous spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Couldn't we and wouldn't we want to do the same thing? Go and tell how great things God hath done unto thee. This man did. It says he went and published throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done to him. He, he had really been benefited. He wanted to tell people about that. What about us? We've been so greatly blessed. Shouldn't we have an interest in telling that to others? We should. And if we don't, again, it's probably a great indicator that we are drifting. Looking for some signs here. Here's what we're doing. We're trying to learn the warning signs. This drifting thing is a real problem and a great danger. So we're trying to mention what would be some warning signs? What should be some things I should be on the lookout for that might indicate I'm drifting? Well, here's another one. Less time and even a less perceived need to be engaged in prayer. Uh, You know, when you're close to someone, you desire to be in communication with them. You want to talk to them. Have you ever been on a trip or travel it's, it's it's much you know communication is much easier today than it used to be we've got all kinds of means of communication but if those of you who are a little older who might think back about traveling several years ago before there was uh, such ease of communication through cell phones and the internet and so forth i remember uh, back in the early 90s when we traveled uh, to russia to preach the gospel it took almost a full month before we could establish communication back home. And I tell you, when you're out of touch with home and with the loved ones at home for a whole month, what you, I mean, you're craving to have a talk with folks at home in that kind of a circumstance. You want to talk to the people you love, right? Well, when we pray to God, we're communicating with our Heavenly Father. And we ought to really want to do that We ought because we have a deep love for Him. And we ought to want to communicate through prayer. And if we find that we just don't want to spend the time to do that, uh, if we just don't even feel like we need to do that, again, that's a great warning sign. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus taught a parable. We won't take time to read the parable, but notice the intent of the parable Jesus told about the, the widow and the unjust judge. Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's what Jesus wanted to emphasize. We ought to always pray. We should never grow weary of prayer. We should want to pray. And if I'm not wanting that, then that's probably a great sign that I am drifting. Here's a sign that may be applicable. What if you take greater satisfaction in worldly honors, in in worldly pursuits, in success, in worldly endeavors? What if you take a greater uh, thrill over those things than about spiritual things? You might have through the years known maybe parents, for instance, who were really excited when their children made progress in in their studies or in their athletic endeavors. And, of course, I think all parents would take uh, great Satisfaction if their child did well at school or maybe did good in a sporting country, but what's really scary, and you 've seen this is that those same parents seem to have no interest at all, pay no attention to the spiritual progress of their children so whether it's us or our children or anybody if we if we seem to be more motivated and more thrilled about worldly success than spiritual success uh, that ought to be a real concern you know the, the famous text in first john chapter 2 we reference it, reference it so often in first john chapter 2 beginning verse 15 love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There's the reason why we should be more concerned about spiritual things than worldly things. Because the world passes away. And so, worldly things are just temporal. Spiritual things are eternal. But if I see that I'm getting a greater satisfaction out of worldly things than spiritual ones, I'm probably drifting right along that same line. If we find greater enjoyment in worldly pleasures. In Second Timothy chapter three, verse four, second Timothy three, verse four, Paul spoke of some who were, quote, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Think about that expression for a minute. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's kind of a scary description, isn't it? But be honest and ask, does that describe me? Uh, do, do I take greater pleasure in the things of this world if I enjoy those things more than engaging in spiritual pursuits? That's a warning sign. If we've reached a point where we find more pleasure in some worldly activity than in meeting with others who worship God, to study His Word, to engage in prayer, the things we've been mentioning, then I think we probably have this serious danger of spiritual drifting. And then finally, let me suggest, Another sign of drifting would be less desire to be with the people of God. You know, in this world there's evil on every hand. Uh, and the people of the world are becoming more and more corrupt and wicked and immoral. You know that. I'm not, I'm not, this is not a news flash. You, you know that. I'm not telling you something you don't know. I ought to really enjoy the opportunity to be together with godly people because Uh, This is sort of like an oasis, sort of a refuge, a safe place, if you will, rather than to be with the people of the world. Now, I'm going to have to be with people of the world. In our Bible class this morning, Wade brought out, you know, the Scriptures tell us that we cannot disassociate from the people of the world, but we've got to be on guard when we're around them. But when I'm around the people of God, I can be built up, encouraged, and strengthened, and I should want that. But if I find out that I don't have that desire to be with the people of God, in fact, I actually prefer people of the world over the people of God, that, that is a great warning sign for sure. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Romans 12, verse 10 said, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. That's the way we ought to be. That ought to be the, the feeling that we have we should desire to be with God's faithful people. Drifting. That's a real danger. Again, I want, I want to emphasize that what we've been talking about here this morning is not some person who's never even cared to be religious. Some person who doesn't think about God, who doesn't care about God, who never pays any attention to spirit. We're not talking about those people because those people are obviously in great danger spiritually. But our lesson this morning has been directed toward those of us who are already Christians. Uh, with the warning, we can be drifting away from where we ought to be, right? All of us need to be perceptive today. Go back to our text that we started out with. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, the New American Standard Version said, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Up here in the King James Version, we ought to give the more earnest heed. And the New American Standard Version says we must pay much closer attention. I, I, I think this probably registers with us a little bit better. We must pay much closer attention. As we said, you drift when you're not paying attention. We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. And that's our admonition to us this morning. Thanks for your good attention to what we had to say. And hope it will be helpful. What's your situation? Are you a Christian who has drifted? Are you away from where you were and where you need to be spiritually? If that's the case, we would encourage you to come back to the Lord in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help pray with you and for you this morning, we'd be excited to do that. Let us know how we can help. If you're not yet a Christian, you need to obey that simple gospel plan of salvation hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.